Welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. It's me, your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. Freaking Aaron Wiseman. And I am just so pumped to be giving you another episode today with a bomb ass colleague. This is Dr. Patty Quigley. And let me tell you, she is the nicest, soft spoken pediatric hospitalist that I know. It seems like a trim with you guys too. One of these days, I'm going to get her sauced up and get her super spicy. But in this conversation, she drops some absolute truth bombs. She talks about her point of view on looking at burnout and introduces me to thinking about it as failure to thrive. I mean, seriously, it blew my mind in the middle of the conversation. I had to edit out my pauses because I was just sitting here in all of the idea because it makes absolutely perfect sense. So hop into our conversation, listen to it, and then stick around afterwards for my kick of encouragement. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Patty Quigley. It's so great to have you on here. Thanks, Erin. It is so great to be here. All right. Well, you know what to do. Listener turned guest. Tell the people about yourself. Thanks, Erin. So I am a pediatric hospitalist in St. Pete, Florida. I've been in practice now for about um, 10 years. I have two kids, a husband, a dog, another kid on the way. My, in addition to doing clinical medicine for a long time, I was, have been very involved in uh, academic medicine. I was a clerkship director and really in, involved in residency education. And I realized over time that um, I was putting a lot of effort and energy into coaching my residents and my medical students about things. Uh, and that that just became a passion of mine, coaching people and helping them grow and develop. So here I am doing exactly that. And that's how we met. I don't remember which platform we found each other on. That's a great question. Um, I, well, it started actually with a friend who sent me your podcast and then she knew I was kind of building uh, this coaching, moving, building momentum, moving towards new path in coaching. And she sent it and she said, Patty, I think you should, you need to check this out and follow this. And there might be some, some stuff really here for you. And so then I found your podcast, I found PCA, I reached out to you and then um, got involved with the group, which has just been, what an amazing group of people. Yeah, Physician Coaching Alliance, PCA, it is the bomb.com people. It's like I don't have enough going on in my life. I had to start a second thing or a fourth thing, I guess I should say. And uh, I've had several guests on here who are members of the Physician Coaching Alliance. And essentially, it's a group of us doctors getting together and saying, hey, coaching's an amazing thing. We need it in healthcare. And by the way, why not have a colleague be your coach? And I'm excited to have you in the group. And the group is just phenomenal. So if there's other physician coaches out there, you got to check it out. (laughs) And then we can podcast together later on as well, too. Well, I love that. And I love our connection and just how people keep finding each other. And I also love your word today, which is energy balance. Tell (laughs) me a little bit more about this and why you picked it. There's kind of a story behind this. I started out, I I just love the the idea of energy balance. I I realized I was talking about it, thinking about it all the time, uh, over time, as over the last 10 years in practice and after I had kids. 
was always thinking about how I was using the words energy, what fuels me, what depletes me. And eventually over time, I was thinking about it and figuring out that a lot of my own personal growth and development came around how to manage my energy. Eventually, um, last summer, an idea came to me in my, I was half awake. Most of my best ideas come to me when I'm kind of half awake. I was texting back and forth with a friend who's also a pediatric hospitalist. And uh, we were talking kind of about my coaching path and but some other things. And she suddenly, she said she had to go write a book chapter and it happened to be on failure to thrive. And before I could even process what was what I was typing, I said, well, aren't we all failing to thrive? And it was just this light bulb moment for me that as, as especially female physicians and moms, we aren't taking care of our own energy as well as we could. And because of that, you know, we're getting, so many of us end up depleted, sometimes burnt out, and we don't, we're not growing into the potential that we have. We're not allowing ourselves the joy, the sense of purpose that we deserve to have. Mm, I love that. And so it, it evolved from this idea of a failure to thrive. But being an optimistic person, I didn't really like the negative connotation of, of that. So I've, I've turned it around into kind of how to balance your energy. I love that too, because, you know, just as when a kid comes in with failure to thrive, like you got to like dig in and look at all like the different causes and all like the potentials. And I think that's the same thing in our life too. You really got to dig in to be like, is this something metabolic? Like you got something going on that we need to like really key into here. Exactly. And, and the thing was, so as soon as I had this idea of, you know, failure to thrive, being a pediatric hospitalist, I started thinking what, you know, thinking about how the buckets, so to speak, of failure to thrive in, in babies, you know, of course, it's across the life continuum, uh, how those apply. And I was thinking about, well, okay, so there's energy in, right? And like the baby whose formula isn't being mixed properly. So they're, they're literally not getting enough calories in. Or is it too much energy out, like the baby with CF who doesn't have the, the pancreatic enzymes and can't digest their fat? Or is it an efficiency issue? And this one's a little bit harder to explain, but I think of the kid with congenital heart disease whose heart is just beating too hard and they can't, they just need more. They're wasting the energy that they have that should be enough for them to grow. And so I started thinking about how those might apply. And I think they really do. Uh, you know, that, that idea of energy in is, is all the ways that we should be we know we should be taking care of ourselves, but are so easy to neglect, right? Like getting enough sleep and exercise and eating well, all of those things we know. But then there's the, I think the ones that we're really, a lot of us are struggling with right now, like social connection and sense of belonging that are important. And then when I think about that energy out, it's like that plate that we, some of us have that is too full where we, we're people pleasers and we can't say no. And or we'd never have any time in between all of our overscheduled meetings and commitments, even to make sure that we get enough lunch or, you know, whatever it is. Uh, 
and there's so many examples that I think we can we could talk about. Uh, and then the efficiency one, that one I think is really insidious because that's things like allowing yourself to get anxious because of what's on your social media feed or looking at the news right now, looking at the news all the time and the amount of anxious energy you can expend perseverating on what's going on in the news, you know, is, is one other way that you can, can really waste a lot of energy or not use your energy optimally. Yeah. Another one in that category makes me think of like compare and despair. Mm -hmm. That can be a huge energy sucker. Mm -hmm. Perfectionism. Yeah. Perfectionism. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many. And, and the thing is, it's the, the mixture of these things is going to be different for all of us. But, uh, but I think we probably all each have some of those somewhere that we could uh, improve on. Yeah, I love it. And so from coming out of this, this idea, and then turning it into energy balance, tell me kind of what you're doing with it these days. So I've been doing a few things. One, I just keep kind of refining this idea as I talk to people, as I work with people, uh, I, I keep refining it. I've been, um, I have a website. I've been writing about it quite a lot in my blog, formalizing it in other ways. I haven't quite gotten there yet, but I'm, I'm definitely working on it. Main thing that I'm working, I'm doing right now with it is using it as a coaching framework. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like coming through your own failure to thrive has really been like your motivation to help others? Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I didn't know it was happening at the time. It probably, I, don't, I think there've probably been different phases of it. For sure, when I first started practice, you know, that first year right out of practice or out of, after my chief residency was hugely exhausting and draining and demoralizing. And then things started to get better, but I had to do a lot of work during that time. And then, you know, all of those other big life events, having kids, having a second kid, move, we moved across country when my daughters were two and three months old. That was not the best move, but it's all worked out okay So uh, since then. Uh, but I, I think having to figure out what were the things that weren't working in my life and seeing how much different, how much better I felt, how much more productive, how much more whole, I felt after making those changes has definitely helped me see things I wouldn't see otherwise. Yeah. You know, I've been talking a lot about happy mommy. I don't know if you've heard the, mm. the podcast episode or read anything. That's I kind haven't. Of, no, it's kind of my theme right now. So let me fill you in. So recently my oldest kid and I were, um, we got a hot tub a couple months ago and that's where we've been <laughs> having a lot of really good conversations. And he looked at me and he was like, mom, I'm really glad that you're happy mommy now. And I've really been reflecting on that because at some point in his existence, like it clicked inside of this little being that mommy wasn't what would be categorized mm -hmm. as happy. And so I talk about like angry mommy and lonely mommy and just too exhausted to function mommy. And, and looking at it now, and like you've talked about, like working on the failure to thrive, working on those like three different areas coming out on the other side is actually thriving is actually like happiness and it's not perfection. I mean, it's messy. 
But I can say, and I think you probably see this too in yourself and the people you work with, is that like through that struggle, through all those hard decisions and adjustments, like you get on the other side and you're just like, wow, I didn't know it could be this good. Mm -hmm. I didn't know I could like feel like a med student every single day now, like walking into this job and like having enough of it, but not being like overburdened with it and, and mm -hmm. having other things and making connections and relationships with people who I would have never known. It's just, I think ultimately, like if we can let go of those perceptions of like, this is what life is supposed to be. And like, so controlling that we're actually like harming ourselves. It's amazing what we can do on the other side of thriving. It really is. It really is amazing. I think for me, a, a big piece of it has been letting go of the expectations that other people that I thought sometimes maybe still think other people have for me. And, you know, there, that was a place where I wasted a lot of energy that was not productive in uh, and, and realizing as I worked through all of these things that, wow, I could feel really free and feel like I'm doing the things I'm meant to do and be you know, the happy mommy, your kids absolutely see the difference, right? And that's the whole, for me, the whole point of all of this work is really to figure out how to be the best person you can be for the people you love and the people you want to serve. Mm -hmm. And right? in me, that it's moment. All, it's all about my kids. Yeah. And in that moment. Mm -hmm. Knowing that you can't change the past and you have yet to know what the future is. So you just like have to be the best person that you can be in the moment. I'll tell you one of my things that I used to waste a lot of energy on. And if you tell me one of yours. So mine was, if I don't work a full FTE, then I'm not a real qualified doctor. That was a hard one that I had to really get through because I had that perception that if other people like, I remember being a resident and people talking bad about other attendings who were quote unquote part-time. I hate using the word part-time because it's not part-time. I'm still working. If I'm not freaking in this office, I'm doing something else. I'm doing other work. But anyway, that was a big one that I had to personally get over and work through and not just like push it away and not give a shit about what other people thought, but really work on myself and be like, why am I clinging to this? This is not truth. This is total just negative that I'm holding to. And that was a big one. And once I finally kind of got over that hurdle, man, things started moving a lot quicker that I was like, oh, I can be an adequate and, and a wonderful physician and only work 0.4 FTE. So what was yours? That, so I had that one. That one is, has actually just come to fruition for me uh, in that I have only recently cut back my hours. It took me a long time and I was floored by the, the response. You know, once I actually, to your point, like once I moved past that hurdle, the universe conspired to support me. So that, that was a big one for me. The other one that I had to work through was I'd spent a big part of my identity was really being in academics. And I was a clerkship director. I was an assistant program director for a residency. I, I was on that path. And moving into coaching deviates from that path in some way. So there was no, I didn't have a, a clear model for what that looks like. And I didn't and still don't know what people might think of me for, have, for leaving that. 
I haven't left it completely, but you know, for really stepping away from that path and it's hard work. It's really hard work to, to move through that. And at some point, except that it's really none of my business, what other people think of me for having made these decisions and, and for doing what I know I need to be doing for myself and for other people. Yeah. I always remind my mastermind, like people's reactions are all about their biases, all about their opinion, all about what's going on in their life. Mm -hmm. It really isn't a true reflection on what we are choosing and why we're doing it or choosing not to do. Like we have our own reasons. And I think it's also important to recognize it's like, it's not you just like make the decision and then it happens. Like it's a daily commitment to keep making the decision. You know, like when they say about being married, like you have to decide to be married every single day. <laughs> I think it's the same thing too. When you decide like, Hey, I'm not going to put up with status quo. I'm not just going to go with the flow of things. I'm going to do what I want to do. And it's like that daily getting up and being like, who do I choose today? I choose me. Yeah. How powerful is that? Right. I choose me. I choose me. I choose to be true to myself. One of the things, the other one piece that we haven't talked about that I have learned, especially right now in this whole shift of figuring out how to be mom and teacher and still employed spouse, house cleaner, all the new hats that I'm wearing now that I haven't worn before. I have to constantly, in order to keep my energy in balance, I have to be constantly kind of assessing how I'm doing and taking my own uh, temperature, checking my client vital signs, checking my, uh, my internal climate all the time so that I know how I need to adjust so that I can still show up for my kids and not lose my mind uh, when it's 3.30 in the afternoon and my energy is tanking and they've had too much screen time because they've had four Zoom calls today, you know. So that, that piece has been, that's a lesson that I'm learning all day, every day right now. Yeah, we were talking about it before the recording, the pseudo stay-at-home mom syndrome. that <laughs> We are all trying to, we're trying to do this thing, but we, but we're, it's so pseudo. So, so. Like we know that it's, it's so pseudo <laughs> that we're all over it and we're all like, oh. and I guess if we just look at it like a syndrome and just know like, it'll, it's fixable, it'll be all right. It, and it, like we were talking about before, like adjusting, adjusting expectations mm -hmm. to just be like, yep, it is what it is. Homework's late. I don't know more, <laughs> probably more often than it's on time. It gets done. It's done by the end of the week. It's, it's all good. They're learning. I got a good one for you. The other day I was asking my husband, I was looking, my daughter has really curly hair and I was looking at her hair and it was kind of starting to get a little matted. Oh. And I was like, when's the last time like she had a bath or a shower? And he was like, I don't even know. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so that's a parenting win, but I'm like lower expectation. Like looking at her, otherwise she's pretty clean. I think she had clean underwear on like, <laughs> all right. So we got to wash the curly hair at some point. But I, I think the old Aaron would have got really frustrated and both mad at myself first. I probably would have like done a little bit of self attack. Like, how could you be like this? You know? And then I would have probably lashed out at my husband instead, like choosing to be like, okay, changing expectations. We're just going to laugh about this. And then we're going to go throw her in the bathtub. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yes, we've had that exact same conversation about 
my daughter who also has very curly hair and you can tell when she hasn't or when the fingernails start to get a little dirty or whatever it is and our routines are not what they were before yeah okay. and just and, and like being okay with just being okay I was recently talking with a client and, and she's a wonderful ER doc and she's killing it in her area of, um, of the country she's mostly a nocturnist as well and she was talking about how like all of her previous like coping mechanisms or self-care mechanisms are kind of taken away like going to a certain place to run or she really liked to eat, she really enjoys like going out to eat like the experience of dining and you know and my comment to her was okay so we know that a plus is not possible right now like it's just not going to happen at this point so like what's the b minus work you know what's the b minus mm -hmm. something that you can do to help take care of ourselves and we kind of came up with a few like do a puzzle try to do some kind of craft you've always wanted to do even though you know you're probably going to suck at it like just going into it and being like b minus this is strictly that's what we're shooting for right now and it was really funny having that conversation as both of us and probably most of our listeners being like oh hell no like we don't shoot for b minus like we are shooting for a plus but just changing the expiration of like being okay is being is fine mm -hmm. it's it's okay just to be okay has been um, definitely how I've helped to adjust my own expectations. Yeah, that has been important for me. And, and figuring, for me, it's, part of it has been figuring out you know, where I can adjust my expectations, but also what are the things that really are not negotiable for me right now in terms of what makes me happy? You know, for me, reading is is a not negotiable. I have to make I have to figure out how to make that work. I have to figure out how to get some exercise. I have to figure out a way to make sure my kids are still feeling loved and nourished, even if there's all this chaos going on around us. So you know, there there are these not negotiables that you might sacrifice everything else in priority of of those things that really are uh, critical and. I think for me, it's been such an opportunity to figure out what those things are, actually. I, I really see that too. Like what COVID has done is like stripped away all the bullshit mm -hmm. and made us all realize like, okay, what is the essentials in our lives? Mm -hmm. You know, forget about essential business, but like what is essentials in our lives and why are we not paying more closer attention to that? and getting really, really clear about that. And I hope as things start to change and the wheels kind of start coming back on and we start moving, that people don't lose that. That Because I look around and I think about that probably more than the average person being a life coach is like, why work 80 hours a week? Money don't make you happy. Mm -hmm. Believe me, I've done that road. Mm -hmm. So why not live for the essentials? And I think that's an interesting question that everybody is sitting back with and being like, what is this all really about? It's such an interesting opportunity to really explore that. You know, what, what is this really about? What am I really here for? What are the things that really matter to me? And we're in this forced experiment where we have to figure it out. You know, what's, what's the alternative? I I think there's there's so much hardship going on around us and yet finding those kernels of hope and joy 
an opportunity and it really personally helps me get through it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think too, like staying in the moment, mm -hmm. I had it told to me before that like depression is, um, really clinging to the past and, and staying stuck in that, whereas anxiety is like ruminating about a not yet future. And I think that's an important thing to say too, is like, and I keep saying it in this moment, like in this moment, we are okay. In this moment, we have food. In this moment, we are doing school. And I think if we all kind of changed our mentality of life, of course, there's things we have to plan ahead for, but I think we're almost like ultra freaks about it too, mm -hmm. though. And like every moment was like, what are we doing next? Da, 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 da. Got to save for this, you know? And instead of being like, maybe we should just enjoy where we are at, where we are today, because we really don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. E even without COVID, I think is what this is showing is that as much control as what we thought we had, it just blew that away to show us that what little control we actually have. Completely. Well, Patty, tell everybody again about your website and your blog and where they can hang out with you. So the uh, two main places you, uh, you can find me are my website, which is pattyquigley.com. It's P-A-T-T-I-E-Q-U-I-G-L-E-Y.com. You can, my blog is there. It's called Purpose and Joy, because really I think all of this is about finding your purpose and feeling joy in your life. And if you're on the right path, that's, that's what you're heading for when you're thriving. And uh, you can email me through my website. Uh, you can also reach out to me on Instagram. That's at Patty Quigley. I'm also, I'm also on Facebook, but not quite as active on there. Uh, definitely Instagram is my favorite place to be. Me too. That's my jam too. Mm -hmm. Facebook's too crazy right now. I want to see cute pictures of everybody smiling. Right. It's just so much more uplifting and positive for me. I'm, and I feel like I'm better able to curate what I what I see and who I follow and all the fun things. Absolutely. Well, Patty, thank you so much for turning from listener to guest on Dr. Me First. It's just been such a pleasure to sit down and have this great conversation with you today. Thank you so much, Erin. It's been a blast. All right, time for that kick of encouragement. So what I want to pull out out of our amazing conversation, there was lots of great points, but the one that I really, really want to hit is what is your non-negotiables? What are the things in your life that you're like, oh no, oh no, those are not even on the table. Those are happening. Those will be included. You cannot have any leeway on those. What's your non-negotiables? I know a lot of times when I first start having conversations with people, they'll tell me what their non-negotiables are. And then when I ask them, how are those showing up for your, in your life? How are you showing up for your non-negotiables in your life? They're like, mm, yeah, yeah, I haven't been making the priorities like I should be if these truly are my non-negotiables. So sit down, write them out. One of my most favorite exercises to do, and it's in my Dr. Me First workbook, is the wheel of life. And what this is, is it breaks down 10 different domains in life that typically are important for just about everybody. And it asks, what's your satisfaction level in each of those? And not only does this exercise really help 
add a lot of clarity and give you some assessment on what's going on in life. But it also helps you prioritize, is this a non-negotiable? Maybe you're only like a three on the scale of satisfaction in your area of, let's say, faith and spirituality. But you know what? That's not a non-negotiable for you. That's okay. Not super satisfied with it, but a three is fine. And But then looking at other areas, when people talk about fun, that's actually an area on the wheel of life. And people are like, what is that? But yet they're like, God, that's so important. I've forgotten how to play. I've forgotten how to go outside. And that was something that was so essential to me before life started happening. So I ask you again, what's your non-negotiables? And if you want to get bonus extra credit, are you living your life for those non-negotiables? Or are you letting those be negotiated out of your life? All right. Big shout out to Patty. Thanks again for coming on the podcast. Big shout out to all the members of the Physician Coaching Alliance. You guys are just amazing. And I'm so excited to have this group where we get together and we are helping spread the message that wellness is no longer a negotiable. It is a non-negotiable for physicians everywhere. And I just want to remind you, as always, friend, your life, your calling, your goals matter. Got something.